Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's Try here. I just got back from China, where we happened to win a gold medal. But we'll talk more about that later because today we have a special guest, John Rodriguez, J Rod. He is the first referee that we're having on the show, and、uh, he certainly gave us a good one. So enjoy. Welcome. Try. Yes, sir. <laughs> Congratulations, buddy! Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Just getting over、yeah. the jet lag a little bit. Oh my God, I, I can imagine. <laughs> That's a long flight, huh, bud? Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, I do. But <laughs> you more so, man. You that world travel stuff will that catches you fast. Yeah, it's it's alright because that was my first one in two years. So <laughs> I've, I've been spoiled on the traveling side. <laughs> yep. What's happening, J Rod? What what like keeps you busy on during the week when when you're not the silver fox on top of the stand? Ah, stop. <laughs> okay, go go. <laughs> well, my my real boring job is、um, I do real estate and help my、uh, realtor partners with、um, home loans. So I、uh, help a lot of families get into their homes,、uh, first time buyers, that kind of stuff, and、um, you know that's the That's the boring stuff. That's the the bread and butter. But、uh, have my hand dabbling in a few other little、uh, business entities as well. That、uh, you know, if I told you, I'd probably have to kill you. But、uh, you know, there. <laughs> no, that's but that's what I that's what I do when I'm in town and、uh, keeps me busy. Well, you don't have a. You don't have anyone yelling at you during that job. Oh no, <laughs>、like、no, it's, it's just like officiating. <laughs> People yelling at me there too. Oh, wow! <laughs>、uh, wow! So you just get it from all ends. You know, I keep it consistent. <laughs> it's a consistent、uh, yelling, and、uh, sometimes you just have to、uh, shake your head and say, "You know what? I might have missed that one, and I'll do better next time." <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to you, but I I'm not. Or I I can see you talking, but I'm not listening. <laughs> right. You, right you can keep screaming, but it's just going right out the other. <laughs> That's right. Some someone will listen to you, but probably not me right now. That、exactly. reminds me of that、uh, that Super Bowl commercial when、uh, the ref is just getting berated by this football、oh, coach,、yeah. and the announcers are like, "How does he take this abuse?" And it, then it flashes back to like him at home, and his wife is just screaming at him, <laughs> he's stone faced. <laughs> <laughs> years of practice. <laughs>、well, welcome to the podcast, my well, friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me, dude. Thanks for coming on. You're our first ref. You're. We've only had、uh, players and coaches, and now you're the first ref to、oh、the show. Oh my god! Well, thanks for the privilege, guys. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's an honor to have you on. Thank you. It's、uh, it's my my privilege. I've heard so much about it, and I've tuned in a few times too. And、uh, I think you guys do an awesome job. Appreciate it. You'll you'll always be our first. <laughs> we, we'll always have that history together. <laughs> When we look in each other's eyes, oh my god. <laughs> So I mean, like everyone knows who you are on the AVP tour and, and P fourteen forty, and I'm sure that a lot of international guys do now too.、Um, but I don't think many people know like a ton about you in terms of like background and stuff. So how does one get into refing beach volleyball exactly? Because that's a、uh, playing it is is a niche in itself, but refing it is an even smaller <laughs> circle of individuals. Yeah, that you know that's that's true and. Um, really, two different ways.、Um, there's those of us that do have a background in、uh, playing the game, loving the uh, the sport, uh, growing up with it.、Uh, whether you're from、um, you know a coastal area, you have the opportunity to play it on the beaches or、uh, whatever it may be. But I did that. That was、um, one of my uh, passions. Uh, played on the grass when I was a kid, and then kind of switched to the to the beaches there in、uh, in the South Bay growing up, and then um, um, you know just kind of worked my way through the、uh, opportunity. Always,、um, you know, you, we grew up in the AVP. That's that's the premier uh, uh, tour that uh, you know when I was、uh, younger. I mean, that's that's what we knew, and so the opportunity to、uh, volunteer 
you know, as a adult uh, ball shagger. I'm like the oldest guy out there chasing balls with all these little kids next to me <laughs> and just loving it, you know, and loving the game and getting to play afterwards on the pro courts. I mean, you're stoked about that, you know, and and then eventually they offered me um, an opportunity to join uh, the traveling uh, group with the AVP as a volunteer and uh, helping to work with the information booth and player check-in up front and VIP and sponsors and all that kind of stuff and did that for a number of years and um, I remember uh, the head referee at that time uh, came up to me and said hey I know you know the game and uh, you're already traveling with the AVP so you could save me a lot of money if I could just maybe use you for like one day maybe two days as an official if we got you certified this and that and I went yeah Sure, that'd be kind of cool. So the um, AVP management said, yeah, nice idea. That'll save us some money from you know, having to travel another official in. So I started to do that. Um, oh, I don't know, maybe 12-ish, 13 years ago, something like that. And um, just kind of worked uh, Thursdays and Fridays typically as a referee. And then back on Saturday and Sunday at the front uh, information booth. And that's kind of how things developed. Uh, that was kind of my my path. Another path could be where somebody comes from the indoor game. Maybe they don't really even play volleyball, but um, you know they go through a certification process through um, USAV, and we have a certification process a few times a year where those that are interested can come to a clinic, generally either in California or in Florida. Uh, sometimes Arizona, maybe even Texas, and uh, people can come and uh, hone their skills. They can usually it's juniors matches where they kind of cut their teeth a little bit on the beach, and uh, they're certified by uh, folks that um, have been on the beach for a while and and can help them. So that's kind of organically how things work through the certification process, whether you play the sport or or not. You made you made like a pretty significant time commitment as a volunteer. But, I mean, you said a couple years as a volunteer. What made you like? Did you think that that was going to turn into something, or was it just you just loved beach volleyball and wanted to be around it? And then you had this offer to be a ref, and it just kind of turned into something sort of unexpected. Yeah, good question. Uh, no, I had no idea it would go down this path. And had I known, no. I love it. I'm glad the path, uh, you know, went this way. But no, I just love the sport. It actually took place when I was living in New York uh, as a youngster there, and um, you know, down in Belmar, New Jersey, we go there. The tour came there, and I just found out. Oh my God, this is going to be great! So I went there, volunteered, and I, I did it for several years. And pretty soon, I got all my buddies. <laughs> so you got a bunch of, you know, late twenty type people that are there shagging, you know, volleyballs and having a good time. And, <laughs> and at that time, you know, they charge like, I don't know, $15 to get in, just general admission to get in the gate just to see volleyball. Right. So by volunteering, you got in free. So <laughs> that was the initial incentive. And um, it just kind of took off from there. We just, just love the game and you're right on the court with the players. It was awesome. I'd imagine that having the opportunity to – uh, shag the volleyballs for athletic, good-looking women had nothing to do Not with it. Not one thing at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> might have had everything, but no, it was it was a great opportunity. <laughs> did you, wait, did you grow up in on the East Coast, or did you grow up out here on the West California Coast? California till I was about ten years old, and then moved to Washington State for a few years up there, and then from from Washington State straight to New York. And I lived in New York for about 18 years and uh, then back to California. So, you know, roots are, are kind of in two places, uh, West Coast and East Coast. And um, just glad I had the opportunity to really dig some roots into, into both coasts. How did you... How does one stay, like, interested in volleyball once you go to the East Coast? Because um, you, you mentioned that you were only, like, maybe 10 when you moved outside of California and, and volleyball as, as I know, having grown up on the East coast is not exactly the most popular sport out there. Yeah. I would have thought you would have uh, played or uh, at least been around the indoor game a lot more. Yeah. You know what? Um, my only indoor 
experience because I didn't, you know, play uh, in school or anything like that. But my only indoor experience really came from just open play, open gym um, in the Seattle area because, as you know, it rains all the time. So you you do a lot of indoor stuff. And these um, I actually was trained indoor by a group of Samoans. And these guys were like, and gals were like five by five, five foot tall, five foot wide, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the most amazing players ever. Like these guys would just shoot you off the court. You were, you'd be six, nine and they're shooting you all over the place. And, you know, I just yeah. learned the indoor game. Didn't even really know about the, you know, the beach game um, until a little later and uh, kind of got involved in the grass game first before you know any sand hit my toes so um, then I moved to New York and uh, you're right it just you know it wasn't a really big deal there so when the ABP came to Belmar I mean that was a a big thing my god here comes a you know a a large uh, I say it very affectionately a large traveling circus comes into town and and just plops (laughs) down all their tents and like all these you know, amazing players just jump out of the tents and, and put on a show. And, you know, it was, yeah. So that was my real exposure to it. And then from there kind of just got me going to get as many local people involved in it. And, uh, we kind of grew the game just internally in our own little circle, you know? And I know that it, when I saw you guys in, Austin. It seems like the like refs are pretty tight now too, because you guys pretty much just hang out the entire weekend together, and it's sort of it's the same band of refs kind of traveling throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, it really is. There's there's a core group of uh, officials that uh, um, usually travel, and we usually add a few others that are maybe from the local region, if possible, to help cut down some cost. And and yeah, we do have a good time um, together. You know, <laughs> I'll say that we we um, at one point we're we're frequenting all the local bowling alleys in every city. So, you know, just to go out and have some fun together and get a shirt from some random bowling alley in Milwaukee or wherever we were. And, you know, um, so we have a good time together, but some of the fun things that we do too, is we, we like to play volleyball together afterwards. And, uh, you know, that's if we still have, you know, some, uh, some stamina in us and some strength, but, um, typically speaking, uh, We'll play, you know, the matches afterwards and and have a good time together. So yeah, we're pretty tight, pretty tight as a group. You can always find you guys at the the hotel bar uh, <laughs> yeah. Sunday night. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's we- that's kind of more my uh, that's more my vibe nowadays. I'm I'm not going to the player party. I'm going to go meet the refs in the lobby. You know what? That's lobby. kind of what what we're down to now too. We don't. We don't really go to the player parties or anything like that anymore. Um, it's uh, maybe not uh, always the uh, – I, I guess the last time you saw an NFL ref uh, hanging out with the players at a party is uh, – <laughs> you, know, you might not see that. So we – you know, they've kind of patterned things <laughs> after that right now. But, uh, you know, we do. We have our good time, whether it's in the hotel bar or if it's in one of our rooms uh, having, you know, having some folks over and having some cocktails and some laughs there will – uh, we're not afraid to have some fun and uh, I think show some show some personality to the to the fans to the tour and to our dear players definitely and I think I mean sometimes I'm looking at you guys like I'm I'm glad I don't have to work as hard as you guys because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are up getting roasted on that stand all week and then we're like complaining go in our hotel room go play go back to our hotel room play Man, you guys work hard. Well, thank you. You know, we, um, it's, uh, you know, some folks have said, um, some of my our own referees and other folks, it's obviously we don't do it for the money, right? We do it uh, neither, you know, do the, do the players at times. We, we do it cause we love the sport, you know, I think I said that, sorry, but, uh, you know, we, we do, uh, we enjoy what we do and, uh, it's, uh, I think it shows from, you know, being all of us, you know, sometimes we're there at the site at six thirty till, you know, seven, whatever it is. It's, it is a long day, but, um, right. you know, when we look back and, you know, the, the day closes and we're like, Hey, that was a great day. We had the best seats in the house or standing, whatever it may be. We saw some amazing volleyball and, you know, it's all worth it. And, you know, um, the fatigue seems to kind of go away a little bit and, uh, wake up in the morning, you just 
get on your horse and do the same thing again. And, and we really love it. Yeah. Traveling the country uh, with a bunch of good people doing what you yeah. love. Could be worse. <laughs> I know. Right. And some people, some people don't have a, you know, a job or an opportunity to, to do what they like when they wake up each day. And uh, I'm very thankful that I do. We're going to pause real quick for a word from our sponsors who keep the show moving. We are incredibly grateful for all of our sponsors and all of you, the listeners, who keep the show moving and keep moving us forward. We couldn't do it without you. Um, and now it's it's nuts that how fast the AVP season went by. But since it is over now, it is probably time that you re-upped on your volleyballs. I know that mine have turned to a kind of brownish-yellow color, so I know it's time for me to re-up on my volleyballs. I'm sure it is time for you to as well. So go to wilsonvolleyball.com, use the discount code WILSONSAND to get 20% off of all purchases at wilsonvolleyball.com. This show is also brought to you, as always, by our guys at VolleyballMag.com. They are your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. They got indoor covered. They got beach covered, whether it's from Stad to Hermosa Beach. Ed Chan has the best pictures in the game. Lee Feinswag has the most insightful interviews. Every now and then, I contribute something that might be worthless, might be worthwhile reading. I'm not sure, but if you're looking for volleyball news, make sure to go to VolleyballMag.com, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. We would also like to welcome Volley Camp Hermosa as a new sponsor of the show. If you're listening, you've probably heard of Volley Camp Hermosa. It is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. Whether you are planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, California, the mecca of beach volleyball, or live locally, they have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they offer week-long adult training camps that are the complete beach volleyball experience. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can take their weekly classes and or private training. All levels are welcome, from A to AAA to open. Sign up online at www.volleycamphermosa.com. I'll say that one more time, www.volleycamphermosa.com. Or for more information, you can just give them a call. It is 234-PLAY-VCH. Or you can email them. Info at volleycamphermosa.com. We will see you guys on the sand. And, of course, we always love our sponsors at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com because if your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out our online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. We all know that you beach volleyball players need to put that oodles of prize money somewhere. You might as well start it with Pacific Coast Wealth Management. So when you get to the site, click on their link, build your financial plan here, and work with a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss everything from 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as a lot of stuff that beach volleyball players genuinely don't know a whole lot about, which is why we need the help with our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their their employees, partners or themselves, you can give them a call too. Or 529 College Savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know that you can give 15000 a year to your kid? I know when I was a kid, I wouldn't have minded that. Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or you can give them a call, 949-637-7052. Again, that is 949-637-7052. A lot of the listeners of the show are professional athletes, and as we all know, you cannot have enough recovery, which is why the show is also brought to you by our good friends at FireflyRecovery.com. So what Firefly Recovery is, it is a wearable device that simulates blood flow throughout the damaged or sore or afflicted area, say a knee. And what you do, you just strap it on and it helps you recover much faster. So when you are on that 12-hour flight to Stad or a 36-hour trip to South Africa, you can put this on and you're not going to get that super sore, kind of swollen feeling that you get after you fly on planes. Actually, you can make your plane, you can make your trip productive by putting on Firefly Recovery, helping heal up that area, getting off, and you're going to be playing the best volleyball of your life. So give them a visit at FireflyRecovery.com. Let us know what you think think and use the discount code sandcast in all caps for a 10% off all right that is sandcast all caps for 10% off at fireflyrecovery.com 
And now back to the show. Love it. And um, I'm really curious. So the, the only refing experience I have was when I was a high schooler and I refed uh, elementary school basketball. <laughs> and, and it's refing is so hard. Well, A, because, well, I mean, you have experience too in this in that every different level requires a different type of refing scrutiny. I guess you True. could say. So like in second grade, obviously every single kid travels and double dribbles and every center is in the lane for like 30 <laughs> seconds before you finally have to call yeah. it. Right. But it's, it's so easy to ref a match when you're not actually the ref. And then when you're refing, you're like, Oh my God, I don't know when to actually blow. The yeah. Whistle. Yeah. <laughs> so like what was, I'm sure that you had a, a pretty steep learning curve and a growth period as a ref, especially since like you didn't aspire to be one, like you were just running out there shagging balls and then you got asked to be a ref. <laughs> so what was that transition period like just learning the nuances of the game and refing? Cause like there are rules that I had to play in San Jose that was bizarre. And, uh, Sean Rosenthal was watching and I looked at Rosie and he was like, I should probably know the rule by now, but I still don't. And he's been playing since he was like 16 at the professional right. level. So like, there's so much to learn as reps. Like what was your learning curve like? And, and how'd you get to the point where you are now where you're like, you are the head ref. And I think among the players, one of the most respected refs. Well, thank, thank you for saying that. It's yeah. It, you know, I think when I was uh, coming up as a, as a newcomer, um, officiating, um, one of the things I really appreciated is, uh, number one, if you, if you're a player, like an athlete, you, you know, the game, you play it and enjoy it. I think there's a definite advantage there. And I think from when the athletes look at you and they say, Oh, okay. He plays the game too. I think there's a little bit more, um, you know, respect there and, you know, Hey, they, they respect me or her for what I'm doing, what I'm training for. So I think that's a help, but what else helped me when I was first starting is the fact that, um, we got a lot of practice, uh, being a down official first. And we call that, uh, usually the, the R one or the referee one is up, up on top and, and the R two referee two is down. And generally that person handles the, uh, the official scorekeeping, the, you know, the side switches and the, the net violations and things like that. But you have an opportunity to really um, understand and get to know the rules of the game by watching a very experienced R1 manage a match. And I had the privilege of doing that for probably, oh, I'd say six, seven years before I ever saw an R1 wow. match. So, to do that and to the long internship. <laughs> yes, it was. And it's like you're a co-pilot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you know what? I value that. I, I respect that. And you know, there were times where I was like, come on, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm better than this. Like you start thinking that and all of a sudden you get in a match and you're like, Oh crap, that that's uh that's how we handle that. Okay. Wow. I don't know if I have that right. or not, you know? And you come back to reality pretty quick and say, okay, I'm super thankful that I'm getting, you know, this training. So I think that was, I'm very thankful for that because when I did see my first, um, you know, up match, um, it was a women's match. I'll never forget in, in Manhattan beach. And, you know, I was shaking in my boots a little bit up there and, and, uh, you know, I had a very experienced R2 with me and gave me some good feedback after. So, you know, that's kind of what we do for each other, even to this day, is um, no one's above having some constructive uh, feedback after a match, or before a match, whatever it is. And, you know, we help each other no matter what level we're at, whether we've seen finals, we've had the privilege of a men's or women's final TV matches, whatever it is, to the very first person blowing a whistle uh, we're all there to help each other to grow to get better so that we can really service the athletes the best way we can and so that's kind of uh, my my take my background on, on kind of where I came and where I'm still going I'm, I'm still in training still learning yeah it's funny the just having like as a player having the relationships with the refs because <laughs> It's like off the court, we know we travel with you guys, everyone knows each other, and then on the court, we like turn into like gremlins. <laughs> like, who are like, you? I love you, but I hate you right yeah. now, and I'm yelling at you in public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, it's just like crazy because you know how hard it is to ref, and none of us want to be up there. But 
no matter what, you're everyone's going to have different opinions, True. you know? Like everyone is going to see things differently. You're not going to see every touch and we are going to feel every touch yeah. or not, you know? That's, and it's just like, God, it's such a difficult thing to do. It is. And, and you know, it's, uh, I think you really hit on a key point there is uh, before we ever step on the court, uh, the athlete or the referee, um, to have that rapport with each other, to have that, that friendship, that um, uh, unique opportunity that really, no, I don't think any other sport truly has in the sense that we are a small um, band of, of uh, individuals that travel together, get to know each other really well. And we have that opportunity to have those discussions off, off the court, get to know each other. So yeah. when we do step on the court, um, you know, an official, a referee, they can do themselves a world of good by just being honest to an athlete sometimes and saying, look, I missed that one. I, I have a, a good idea. I missed that one. I'm so sorry. Right. Um, you know, I'll do better. Whatever it is, that honesty, I think off the court, but then on the court goes a long ways. Sometimes, you know, some tempers still flare back and forth, but you know, I think uh, the official can do a lot to really help the athlete see, you know what he, he's trying, he, he missed that one. And let's try to move on here and hope he does better, you know. So yeah, I think you made a good point on that. No, I think that's super helpful. Just yeah, when you when you know that a ref's being honest and and maybe they missed one or not, but you know that they're not biased in any way and they're they're just gonna do what they see and, and obviously probably our sport more than most, you really can't see the micro touches on the ball, like everyone's teeing off point blank on each other's hands. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to see yeah. that? It's really whether you can hear it and only the blockers going right. to know half right. they touch right. it. And we're never going to help you out and call it ourselves. <laughs> you know what? That's so true. But something that, that we look at, um, obviously, you know, if, if we have a full crew, we have line judges and all that, you know, we, the up rep, uh, we really work hard to get all the information first. We look around, we say, anybody got a touch? I thought I heard something, yeah. but we're not going to call it unless we're positive. I mean, we're not going to make right. up a phantom call. Oh, yeah, it sounded like it. Totally. I thought it, we've got to be sure. And But sometimes the athletes help us out, sometimes through their body language, um, yeah. <laughs> through their expressions. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, on accident. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that can help you out <laughs> a little bit and uh, to get to the right call, whereas you might have missed it and – uh, and you hate missing it, especially when it's at a critical point in the match. I mean, I've not right. slept well knowing that, oh, I think I missed something, you know, and it's, it just, it hurts. It's so, <laughs> we try to do the best we can. But, yeah, I mean, but it's a performance on, on both ends, you know. Us as athletes, we're out there trying to perform right. and we make how many bonehead plays or whatever, we miss stuff. And it's the same thing on both sides. Yeah. You know what? I think you made a really good point on that is that, um, you know, we're performers and, you know, the crowds, obviously they don't come to see the officials. Thank God. They come to see the, <laughs> they come to see you guys, the, the athletes, the professionals. But we also do realize that we are part of the theatrics of the whole show. Um, we are on TV. We are on the live stream. And so our, um, antics are, you know, our expressions, the way we, um, treat the athletes, uh, all of that is, is part of the, the show. And, and so sometimes, you know, we, nobody wants to see a, you know, a, a referee that's got no expression, uh, maybe even showing like they're not even interested. Um, you know, you, you want a, an official that's, that's engaged, that's, uh, that will speak to you, will address you know, if you have a question on something or a rule, interpretation, whatever it is, you know, we, we dignify it with a response and, you know, and then we move on with the match. And so we, we do feel that we are part of the, the show, if you will. And sometimes it's a, it, there's a little humor involved in that. And that's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Do refs, like, do you guys go back and watch film like players do and see if you missed anything in a match that you just Always. called? Like, what's, do you guys have, like, a studious <laughs> yeah, or anything? Yeah, we do. We do. Um, you know, we'll watch it back on YouTube or, you know, in the archives, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, 
And especially if we if we're like, oh <laughs> man, I think on that match I might have missed something. We'll look for that match to find it and, and be like, uh-huh. oh sure enough, look at that. Darn it, I missed that one where where hit hit up Nick's shoulder so on the way out. Oh, I didn't see that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. So yeah. and and he and the player was a good enough actor. Oh yeah, to yeah. Play it, off. it happens so fast. You're looking through the net as a line judge, maybe, and you can't see it. Or maybe you're in the wrong yeah. position, and you're like, oh, if I would have been here, I could have had a better view at that. And so we use those videos to help one another out, you know, ourselves and then our, our teammates there to say, hey, you know what? Perhaps if we were in this position, it would have been better. And so we, we do try to learn from those for sure. What do you think uh – Let's say we got, you know, a decent amount of younger players and older players. What's kind of the best way from your guys' perspective to communicate with refs during a match? You know, I think a lot of people go kind of overboard and and forget that refs are human. They're not just like a <laughs> like a like a scoreboard you can just like punch or something like you Come know? on, refs are human too. No. People, we well, people feelings. get so into it. Yeah, people get I I saw my uh my wife's cousin was refing a game, uh, like a pickup game or something, like just to be nice. <laughs> and she ended up getting cussed out by all these guys. Oh, no. And she's like standing there crying and like had to quit. <laughs> I'm like, what makes you think like that you could just yell at the ref? Like this is a person, dude. Right. And you're not professional either, so I don't know why they're doing that. But like I, there's definitely a good way to go about speaking with refs. And we kind of touched on it earlier, just like, the refs being honest with yeah. you and you understanding that they might miss a call here and there and being able to move on. But from your perspective, is there any like specific way to? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, two, two words, mutual respect. And, you know, yeah. when, when things get heated in a match, it's, it's really up to the referees to, um, you know, to manage that and to, um, and it, it can be a delicate balance between, um, you know, the inviting the player over. I mean, what, what we don't want to see, you know, we're not back in the 80s where you know, our our guys were uh, being ripped off the sands, you know, and, and uh, you know, stuff like that, but which was part of the act. OK, you know, the fans loved it. It was great. But we've kind of right. graduated a little bit. I better get a bonus. I better get a bonus if I'm getting ripped <laughs> yeah, off. That's right. You see refs holding on to the pole before they get, you know, <laughs> torn down. But, you know, now with the with the FIVB, you know, and a lot of our players, a lot of you guys gone over and played over there. Things are um, a little more controlled, a little more. Um, um, there may be limited discussions with the referee on a certain uh, call or whatever before maybe a sanction comes out, a yellow card or whatever. And, you know, to, to balance that out between that and coming back and playing on the AVP or domestic tour, um, you know, I, I know it can be challenging sometimes. So um, really what I think is the most effective way is, you know, when there's a question, maybe a player is heated and they're in the center of the court and they're, they're you know, kind of yelling up at the referee. If the referee could kind of, um, kind of crouch down from the stand. So you're not standing over the tower, you know, uh, uh, pointing your finger down at the athlete, but you invite, invite them over and, and say, look, talk to me. What's, uh, what's your question? What's your what's your feeling? What's you know what's going on here, and and you have that discussion there. So you so you you kind of uh, bridge the gap from a a thirty foot conversation of a yelling match to you know come up here and the ref come down again. So you're kind of close to each other talking and you and you see if you can work Plus it out. You're not being heard on yeah. You're not being heard by the fans and on TV, <laughs> and on TV, yeah. So it's not a public conversation. Yeah, exactly. And and then from there, it's like you know what. Um, some some good words to use as a referee is in my judgment um stay away from in my opinion or i think i saw or i mean as a player or an athlete that, that drive it crazy what do you mean you thought right. you thought <laughs> well then what you you know <laughs> no in my judgment this is so and so da 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 and you know i i'm sorry if if you don't agree with that but that's what i saw that's what my work team gave me information we had this we need to move on. And, you know, I think there's a way you can manage those things and still dignify the athlete who truly deserves it. 
you guys are out there busting your butt and our job is to stay out of the stay out of the match where possible just facilitate so you know if we can do those things as as referees I, i think we you know, we go a long ways to helping you guys uh, have a much better match and experience. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, the only time I've, like, kind of had a problem with certain refing styles is when they completely ignore right. you and then are still making calls on top of it. Like, okay, here's a, a yellow card. And then you're like, wait, what? Why did I just get a yellow <laughs> card? And they're like, go back. They're, or they're like, they're ignoring yeah. you and not going to talk to you. You're like, just tell me why I got a yellow right. card. And then they give you another one or something. Like, well, you're not leaving. I'm like, but just what the hell is happening? It yeah. yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Rather than them acknowledging you like, hey, calls happened. I, we got to move on. Yeah. Like, you know, this is what we had. Just simple stuff like that goes a long yeah, way. Show dignity. You know, if we can. Uh, and really, that's in our control to do that. You guys are expending the energy. We're watching. And if we can show dignity to you guys by and, and gals by saying, look, man, that was an incredible rally, um, you know, uh, but this is this is what I saw. This is what we saw and uh, hated to hated to stop that rally. But in this case, we needed to got to move on, guys, you know, and, um, you know, little stuff like that to just uh, have a, a little bit of a conversation so as not to delay the, the match, but to show dignity. When you got a question or you, you need some clarification on something, you know, you're talking to us. We need to show that respect back to you for sure. Have you um, have you refed under the challenge system yet? I have not. I have not had that privilege uh, uh, as a – you know what? Wait a minute. Did we have that – I don't know if we had that in World Series of Beach Volleyball a couple, couple years um, ago. Did we – I think I don't think we had it. During the uh, exhibition, I don't right? Think so. Okay, I don't think. But I so. did have the privilege of officiating uh, uh, that international event, but I'm not an international referee, so I'm not, um, you know, traveling around to the FIVB events where they have that challenge right. system. Yeah, it's actually pretty amazing. I mean, it works almost perfectly, and and I think it costs a lot for. The I heard tour, it's expensive. <laughs> man, it's got to be nice for a ref to be like, you know what? Let's just go to the yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's not worry about it. <laughs> it's not on me. Go look at the screen. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? That's got to. I'll bring nice. this up because uh, you know I know some people um, have thought about it, and you know we have the big board uh, on Stadium Court, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Are you guys allowed oh, to look? I always hey, wonder. Well, since you asked, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> it's, obviously it's it's not an official means of making a you know a judgment call or even potentially uh reversing a call but um i i would be uh dishonest if i said that uh myself and my work team have never used that uh big board to uh to make the right call and uh, there was an instance I know uh, where my partner and I were. I was up, he was down, and uh, it was uh, in a semifinal match, I believe, a critical point. And uh, you know, we the line judges didn't uh, have a touch. Um, he thought he saw something. I thought I heard something, so I I called him over quick, and you know, I says, "Hey, you know what? Did you see anything?" And I'm kind of we're kind of dragging it out just a couple extra seconds and he says and i of course i'm not looking at the board i'm i'm down crouched at him but i'm like can you see the board he goes yeah and he says okay the replay is (laughs) gone and and he's like pretend like you're talking to me i'm looking over your shoulder did you were able to see it and so (laughs) okay and i went okay thank you very much you know to him and i was like all right we got through a call you know so obviously that's not the my down ref clearly saw it So and awesome. the players, you know, we're like, okay, all right, we we got it. The players are staring at the board usually and like jumping up and down. Yeah, look, right. Look. So like, why can't we use it sometimes? You know. So yeah, we we did use it in in that case. You know, although certainly not an official means, but <laughs> it worked. I love it. That's so funny. Is there what's like the biggest match that you have gotten to ref so far? 
or I guess, or, and two, like, when was the first time that you got to ref like a really big match? Because I'm sure that yeah. there's a kind of a ladder system where you get to climb up to do a semifinal or a final or get to a Sunday. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, for sure. Um, oh my, let's see. Um, one of one of my one of my favorites was uh, you know I've had some really nice privileges with uh, both. Um, uh, the ladies and the guys in semifinals and and some uh, and some nice finals as well. But in Chicago, I remember um, when uh, Ty Trambley and Brad Keenan were in the finals, yep. and Ty won his first uh, final. And you know, him and I were really good friends off the court too. So you know, it, it was nice to see him. You know struggle so hard and, and, you know, and, and work hard and actually, you know, win that. And so I remember he, <laughs> he, uh, hugged me afterwards, kind of like, a jumped up, uh, and, and almost straddled me, you know, jumped up and I got him up. Uh, I'm pretty sure the cameras caught all that, but it was, uh, that was probably a bigger celebration <laughs> than what he did with Brad. <laughs> Cause I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. that I was watching it on TV yeah. And he kind of just collapsed to the he ground, did. like shocked. Yeah. He's like, "What just happened?" You know, and so yeah. that was that was a big moment for me because I I had the the privilege of being able to see one of our you know uh, players win for the first time. That was a just a, a big treat, and um, you know, nice opportunities to have uh, um, when we had Phil and uh, and Nick going against Jake and uh, Taylor, uh, you know, fairly recently here and. You know, I think for yeah. the most part, uh, you know, uh, Phil and Nick have, have um, you know, had a few few more wins there. But, you know, Jake and Taylor held on. I think it was in Seattle where uh, where they, they won that. Yeah. And um, I had that match. It was, you know, a nice TV match. So, you know, there's some, some real opportunities that um, we don't take for granted. I mean, uh, when we get that assignment, it, we take it very seriously. Um you know, I know I, I need a few moments to myself before any uh, finals match or, or you know, special match like that, just to kind of get my head straight, make sure, you know, I'm focused. Uh, you know, you got this, and it's not just you. You've got a great team you're working with. Um, you know the athletes well. Now get out there and bring your A-plus game. You know, you kind of talk to yourself a little bit, pump yourself up. Yeah. And, uh, and go with the emotion of the game too. And Mark, Mark gets everybody going as well. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and one of my favorite things too, is when he, uh, you know how he gets the crowd going back there and, uh, the referee sticks his arm yeah. out or her arm out and, and oh, they follow. That's so funny. <laughs> I think that's a that's pretty so cool funny. deal. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, some of those matches are just highlights of, of my career for sure. I know with the so Sports Illustrated, they did a series on refs. They followed the NFL uh-huh. refs uh, along for a year, uh, just one of the refing crews, and they talked about how the NFL refs like get into the Super Bowl. So it's it's a rating system. So they get rated after every single game. They have like a, I guess a refing committee that rates them, and then the players and coaches rate them as well. Is there something similar with you guys for just how, say, you would get the Manhattan Beach Open Finals? Yeah, good question. So um, there is. Um, we have a uh, – we just started it uh, – really put it into practice uh, officially this past season. And it's basically an evaluation or an observation team um, of uh, some of our – most experienced officials and these officials would, uh, uh, you know, it's an increase in the budget to have them not officiate a match and bring in another official to officiate so that they can, they can observe and help uh, the group of officials get better. So what they'll do is um, they have a a list of criteria from uh, mechanics, techniques, explanation of the rules, um, interaction with the athletes, you name it on that sheet and they will go ahead and sit there for a whole match and evaluate, uh, that one, maybe it's the up official, that particular match or the next match. It could be the down official, whatever it is. And then right after that match, they sit with that individual and say, Hey, this is some really good stuff you did, you know, and itemize all of it. And here's a couple things I saw. Can I share them with you? Oh, sure. Thanks. You know? And so it's a real, um, opportunity for, for growth. 
and uh, it's also a bonding opportunity for your, you know, with your fellow uh, official too. So yes, we do have a, a method in place to help each other grow, get better, become more proficient. You know, I'll give you an example. I had no idea I was doing this for years on the mechanical side of things. So when the when I have my arm out, getting ready to beckon for the serve, and my whistle in my mouth. I had no idea that I was actually whistling and um, bringing my hand across my chest at the same time. And apparently on the indoor um, scene, you don't do that. You whistle and just that split second delay, and then you bring your hand across your chest. So there's a delay there. I had no idea. Just a a little thing. (laughs) And one of my uh, experienced referees uh, told me about it. I was like, oh, cool. You know, so I put, I put that little thing into practice and, oh. and, you know, it gave me something new to focus on in the match too, you know, and, uh, but it, little things like that can help us all, you know, do things the same way together so that when we are, whether it's a TV match or whatever, or to the fans, to the athletes, we, we look more professional, we look more in sync, you know, so yeah, it's right. pretty, pretty good system we got in place. I like it. I'm sure it's it's fun to learn just one little new thing uh, after doing it for so many years. Yeah, it, it is, and and just um, you know, even, even things on uh, let's say working on the score sheet. You know, there's things that uh, maybe I I never knew I was doing wrong the whole time. I was supposed to check this box and not this other box. You know, um, it seems you know kind of uh, simple, but yeah, li- little stuff like that keeps you fresh, keeps you you know, looking for ways to, uh, maybe even make bigger corrections, uh, when need be. So I, I appreciate it. How about, uh, do you have any, um, favorite stories or moments from over the years that, uh, pop <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah. I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not. Well, involved. this is time when I think try, I've been uh, pretty nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, um, one of one of my uh, favorites is uh, when uh, I won't say his name, but one of the players, uh, uh, he's probably one of the the best setters at six nine that I know of. With uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. No, um, he's a great setter too, though. But uh, I remember one time uh, Phil was setting the ball in Miami. Uh, Phil and Nick, and I believe they were. He was playing uh, Kevin Wong and Matty Olson, and uh, you know Phil chucked a set, which is rare, but it it happened. I I tweeted it pretty quickly. Nick comes. They were they were getting killed in the uh, in the second set by Kevin and uh, Matty, and uh, so um, Nick comes flying over to my stand. What is going? He goes, John. Just give me a yellow card. I gotta get fired up, and he's flailing his arms at me, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is not so bad. So, so he says, just play with, play along with me, you know. And so I'm kind of pointing at him a little bit, but I don't want to get too unprofessional. But he's like, just let me give me another second, and then give me a yellow card, you know. So I said, just don't, don't slam my stand or hit anything, because then I got to give you a red card, you know. He goes, okay, all right, all right. So flails around a little bit longer. I says, all right, finally, tweet, tweet, you boom, yellow card, and the audience was like, boo, <laughs> like booing me, you know, whatever. you're like he asked for it i didn't say that of course i just said you know nick's pointing back at me like this and then he winks at me (laughs) you know and we went back to play and they came back in one and three you know it was just uh it was just a fun time where you know it was a little charged but um yeah you know it uh, he definitely deserved the yellow card so it wasn't something i was making up but uh you know i'll never forget that it just uh was kind of a funny moment but um and there's been some other instances where, um, you know, some folks have perhaps climbed up a ref stand to, uh, to get right in a ref's face, uh, not in a mean way, but just kind of uh, in a very uh, uh, heated moment, but uh, wasn't doing anything physical to, to the referee. But, uh, you know, stuff like that where you kind of laugh about it afterwards, but at the time you're like, uh-oh, are we back in the 80s? What's going to happen here? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Oh man, that's good. I think the worst thing I did, and it was on accident. I think the ref knew it was on accident, but I was 
it was like AVP championship semifinal. And I, I served an ace for the match against Casey and Jake and it barely touched the, the net. Oh. I didn't even see it net. So it was the first tournament with Letzer. Oh. And so I got an ace off of it and, and then the ref called it back and I picked my hat off and like tried to throw it into the stands. Just like it wasn't re- really at the, at the call or yeah. anything. My hat like hooked my finger and it went straight <laughs> at the ref. <laughs> Hit him in the leg. And I was like, oh crap. Like I could totally get red carded yeah. for that. Like I was like, I went straight at him like, I didn't mean to do that. And it was not aiming at you. <laughs> I mean, it took like a full left hook straight off my hand. I was like, oh yeah. crap. Actually, you, <laughs> please don't card me. You know what? You just reminded me of one other good scenario. Uh, I think it was in uh was it St. Pete or um, yeah, I think it was in St. Pete when we were there, and um, I believe it was a semifinal match. It was uh, Jake, uh, Jake and Casey against uh, um, was it Phil and Nick? Yeah, I think it was Phil and Nick at that time. And uh, I, I ended up calling a, a set, I think, on on Jake or something. And Jake did the same thing. You know how he's got that that quick movement towards you almost, you know, and kind of stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you think he's just yeah, going to, that one yeah, step, that one step that he, it's just like a, and he slides oh, in, kind yeah, of. slides in exactly. Well, he, he yeah. took his, his, uh, his hat off and with that one step and he just let his hat fly. And that thing was right past my face. Like he was about probably uh-huh. 15 feet away, but he threw it with all his might towards my stand. And, you know, <laughs> and I did like a matrix and it just barely, you know, missed my face. And then, then you could see, and then he kept coming. He was coming up to my stand, but you could kind of see like, Oh crap. Sorry about that. You know <laughs> what, what he said, but it was pretty, <laughs> these hats do not fly in a straight no, line. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, that was an interesting time. We still talk about that a little bit, but uh, yeah, you got some fun, you got some fun stories here and there, you know? At least you're not uh, refing the UFC because uh, <laughs> after watching the fight, the, the McGregor fight oh the other night, that would have been God. dangerous to be anywhere near that's that. Crazy, yeah, yeah. That's I think that I think that did happen in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It used to be UFC, and then they'd all go, you know, have a drink at Shellback afterwards, you know. So <laughs> different times, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I think one of the the biggest questions right now for refs is J Rod. What constitutes a double? Oh, wow! <laughs> and this is probably changing. This is changing, right? It's, you know what? There's a lot of discussion on that, um, from you know the indoor influence, um, you know, to the beach game on the FIVB level, to um, you know, obviously where, where we came from years back where, oh my God, it spun more than one and a half rotations, tweet, you know, whatever it was. And, and there's still pockets of places in the country that still swear by that. And oh, yeah, right. And so you end up possibly in one of those areas and they're, they're screaming at the rap for it rotated more than, you know, and you're, and you kind of want to say, <clears throat> yeah, we don't <laughs> judge on rotations anymore, guys, you know, and, but um, right. so what we're looking for, what the at this point, until maybe there's a rule, another rule change in the, in the near future. Um, but right now is quick high hands, you know, take it quick. And it, it's got a quick release on it. It's got a little bobble to it, uh, a little spin on it, whatever. Um, you know, we're we're staying we're staying away from that. We're not whistling that. Uh, that's what the FIVB is doing. Um, you know, that's it's more for the fans. Uh, they don't want to sit there and listen to the ref whistle a tight game because it kills rallies. And um, right. so that's kind of been the influence uh, back here on the domestic tours as well to, um, you know, look for high quick hands. And it's got, like I say, it's got a little bobble to it, a um, little spin. We're, we're staying off that. Obviously, if it's a, a clear <laughs> double contact, a, a real gaff, well, then we're, we'll call that. We're looking more for the held ball or the caught ball. Uh, a lift, if you will, where, you know, you, you can see it clearly where it's, it's taken here, uh, maybe at a higher level, brought down where you see the elbows come clearly down, kind of an awkward slowness to it, and then pushed back up. And, 
You know, we're the FIVB and the domestic tours are much more quick to call a, a catch ball or a, a lift uh, versus uh, you know quick high release. Do you think it has anything to do with the, um, like they want the game to have more hitting, more hand setters, maybe something like that, like and that you can speed it up? Because I, I, I dislike it for myself because I feel like I'm one of the hands, the one of the guys who puts his hands on everything, right. and and I'd prefer it if everyone couldn't do that. Sure. But I also really like it because now I'm I can I mean shoot we can do these jump right. sets and we can actually side set even if we if we you know it's not like the old school like where everything has to be so forward we can even side set if we can get it out quick and re- with reasonable spin you know so we can actually do more yeah uh, setting yeah I think to, to your point there it's it's more. Um, you know, they are encouraging more people to use their hands, especially we see that in the juniors level and in the uh, collegiate level as well, where, um, you know, a lot of traditionally a lot of uh, females have stayed away from setting over the years. But now you're seeing a great influx of uh, like I think of um, uh, Stein's team at UCLA. Most of those ladies are using their hands. You know, in fact, that's he yeah. teaches them to, to, to do that. And, and I think it's great to see, um, you know, on those levels and even in the juniors levels to, you know, see the kids, uh, boys and girls, uh, you know, men and women uh, pulling out their hands. And, and, you know, but on the on the flip side of that too, try, uh, I see your point where, you know, when you work so hard to hone that skill, you don't want to see it watered down either. And you don't want to be like, oh, everything goes just uh, and I don't no disrespect to the indoor game. But obviously the setting is quite different there. And it is set up where you can shoot that ball across. And there's some super exciting plays going on there. But on the beach game, you know, there, you know, there there is some integrity there as far as the the setting where where we came from. So, um, yeah, Yeah. it's it's kind of a it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. It sounded like uh, Travis almost threw up after watching his first uh, indoor game. He, he came back. He's like, oh, my God, that's legal. When you're passing with your hands from, like, your, your like, ribs. I forgot how bad it is. When I go watch indoor, I'm like, oh, like, what? You're not calling anything. Yeah. Like, it's literally anything goes. Yeah, and it uh... – it may get, depending on your opinion of things, that may get worse before it gets better. <laughs> so, um, but that's all right. I'll, we'll just keep evolving with yeah. it, and and I think we can certainly make the game uh, more entertaining, which I'm assuming is what everyone's goal is with all these rule changes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think overall, the you know the thought process between those that are uh, you know making the decisions and the rules and stuff is to really. Uh, make it for the fan experience and make it for make it fun so that also more sponsors will want to participate in something that's entertaining and you know has that value so yeah i, I do think they have the you know the best uh um you know best things at heart for the sport one thing we're seeing out of it is a lot more jump setting which yeah. I think fans really love is is you know faking out the block with jump sets oh yeah i i certainly I'm going to do it. I've seen you and Trevor do that. Yeah. And even <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor too, he'll get in there. It looks like he's going yep. up to hit it and, you know, kind of get back down, set Jake. And yeah, it's, it's exciting to see those plays that you would normally see on the indoor or maybe even in, in fours, yeah. you know, where you get that, uh, yep. those uh, extra plays. So that's, yeah, that's a lot of fun. I know you mentioned that you don't do international refing as of right now. Is that something that you want? to get into or are you pretty content with just doing domestic stuff and then when the international players come here like for AVP Huntington you know you get to see that type of level or are we going to start seeing J-Rod hashtagging road to Tokyo (laughs) Uh, I can pretty much guarantee that you will not see that hashtag Uh, and and part of that reason is uh, we have some amazing international officials uh, for the United States Um, I believe there's six of them uh, right now and um, so the, how that works is um, it, you have to, before the age of 40, you have to come through the pipeline and get certified um, as an international official. 
and then you are retired at age 55. So it's kind of a shorter window there. Um, and of course I'm, I'm way past that, uh, that 40, um, range. So I, I never got certified. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They, wait, they, <laughs> care, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they retire you at 55 on the FIVB. Yeah. They just, they just tell you when you're, they're like, no, Hang it up. your vision. It <laughs> it's like taking an old person's license away. They're like, but I could still see. <laughs> Like not nah, you're, <laughs> you're done. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, fifty-five um, is the retirement age there. So uh, domestically, there's no pension. No pension at all. No. <laughs> 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 no, that would be great. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, you're going to retire and we will that's, not pay That's right. We'll, we'll say thank you and that's about it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, so for me, it's it's domestic um, and I do have the privilege, uh, you know, like you said, you mentioned Huntington where we had international athletes come. Um, I didn't have the privilege of officiating there because we were uh, had another privilege of being a uh, assistant referee manager and that's that's a nice uh, opportunity as well to work with the FFB delegates that are sent um but with p1440 i also had the nice opportunity uh you know to officiate uh international players so we get a, a taste of it there and then uh with the king of the court uh that was a really nice opportunity too to have uh, both men and women the, some of the best in the world uh, as you know uh, competing there and so yeah, real privilege to to get to know some of these other Olympians from other countries for sure. I bet the the king of the court was pretty wild to ref, just in terms of just like how fast paced oh it was. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I actually timed it in the women's final. I had that privilege in Hawaii for having the women's final, and we were <laughs> the when that ball dropped, uh, literally within two seconds was the tweet again. And I'm like, wow, not even a, you know, a, you know, a, a 12 second in between, like maybe we, we would normally yeah. do, but that ball hits next team's ready to serve and we're on the clock tweet. And you just keep moving. It's a real, Dude, we had no time to yell no. at you. Hey, you know what? that's exactly <laughs> what we were talking about. I was like, wow, there's no time for these. They can look at us, but that's about it. They got to get off yeah. the court. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We, we got we're like we're like running by as we say yeah, something. Maybe one thing. Right. You're yeah. wrong. Damn you it! Suck. All right, next you know, you're off. <laughs> hey, one of my favorites though, guys. How about that fours? Um, maybe you saw some of the video footage of it too. Yeah, you were you were pretty. You were like a star in that in the McKibben's. Uh, that in the was, that was hilarious. And clearly, that was one of those things. When we look back, we're like. Crap, that ball was so in. It was so in play. And, you know, our line judge had had one view. And so when we oh, saw yeah. that, we kind of mimicked it and went, went with that call. And you know, it was all for fun. But at the end of the day, that was the wrong call. That ball was saved perfectly. <laughs> and I, I did watch the replay. I was like, I was huh, like, oh, I guess shoot. I guess they're just messing with him because it's a fun yeah, no. You can do whatever you want. And who was it? Was it Maddie or Casey? Was like, yeah, you blew the rally for us, man. Come on, let us play. <laughs> and then Maddie comes over. That was that was the fun. Maddie like uh, <laughs> yeah, you got all in my face, and <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> it's a good time. Now, Jared, at the risk of keeping you super long, just want to uh, ask if there's anything else that you want to that you definitely want to talk about or, or bring up here on Sandcast, our first referee on Sandcast. Well, I just again want to thank you guys for the awesome privilege of, uh, of talking with you and uh, you know being a part of uh, what you guys do. You guys do an, an amazing job, and I, I wanted to. That's not just for me, but it's from. Some other folks too that gave me some input today when I told them I was going to be on, and uh, so thank you guys for what you do to grow the sport, to to get the, the sport noticed more, and to um, you know provide some great interviews as well. So uh, kudos, uh, kudos to you guys for that. And you know I just really want to say probably what everybody else is thinking too, and is the fact that we love the sport of beach volleyball, and. No matter, um, you know, what things happen in the sport, um, I think all of us, uh, we, we, we love it so much that we're just, we're willing to just keep going and we, we 
face challenges head on. We, we see adversity sometimes and we go around it or through it or over it or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's, it seems like all of us are together with it. And, um, you know, nobody wants to be divided. Nobody wants to be uh, split apart. But, uh, you know, sometimes, um, you know, those types of things happen. And when it does, I think it, it makes us all stronger. And hopefully the, you know, the athletes are, uh, you know, I, I think you guys are some of the most resilient people I know, um, you know, up, ups and downs over the years, this and that. But at the end of the day, I just really want to say that, um, you know, I'm in it for the love and growth of the sport, as I know so many of our dear athletes and fans and sponsors and the, the pro organizations, you know, when it comes down to it, we love the sport. We really want to see it continue to grow, and I'll do anything to that end. To as I get older, and who knows, you know, my eyes start failing or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> uh, probably already on that path. But uh, you know, I'll do it as long. Someone asked me, you know, how long are you going to do this stuff? You've been doing it a long time, and I says, till I don't like it anymore. And I have not reached that point. I, I love, love, love what I do, who I work with. And the privilege that I have to work so closely, um, you know, with the athletes and and uh, the organizations that I work for. So, um, thank you for allowing me to express that. And um, you know, sometimes there's some greater emotions behind things, but uh, that's what I that's what I want you guys to know, and anyone else that's listening. That a minute a minute for the long haul, a minute for the love of the game and, and the growth of the sport. Well, we appreciate it. Big time. Thank you, guys. I know uh, oftentimes players don't express it very well, but we appreciate what you guys do <laughs> on the stands. Yeah. <laughs> now, typically we have uh, one final question where we ask, if you were uh, to give a piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that be? Now, I'm going to give you the option. You can give that either to a beach volleyball player or if you were an upcoming beach volleyball ref, mm. what piece of advice would you have to give? Good question. Um, I would say uh, two words to to either the player, the, you know, the athlete, or the uh, or the new ref. Stay humble. Um, that is going to help with the training, the uh, words of um, constructive criticism that you receive, whether you're a new athlete and you're getting it from your partner who's a seasoned one, or uh, you know the same with a with a referee, you're new. Is it, stay humble, stay um, in the learning mode. Never think you know it all because as soon as you start thinking that, uh, that's when you find yourself really in trouble, especially in a match. So I think that's really a, a key because that way. You know, you stay, you stay coachable. You, you stay um, um, uh, relevant as well because you're continuing to learn and you're not afraid to learn something new. And maybe it, that even comes from somebody that's newer than you. You know, someone comes up to you and says, hey, can I mention something? And so it, it goes both ways. But I, I, that would be my piece of advice to whether it's an athlete or, you know, a newer official is, is stay humble, stay coachable. And I think you'll you'll be in it for the long haul. You're getting me fired up right now, Jay. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> I'm fired up too. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, you taking the time here out of your week. You do have a real job and do real people things too, aside from <laughs> from being a ref. Appreciate your time. <laughs> you bet, guys. Thank thank you so much. I really appreciate the privilege too. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> we too. have feelings, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, J-Rod. Have a great See you soon. Bye. <laughs>